This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Chickity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my yes. fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How the hell are you doing? I'm Chuck. And I am Godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. This week, of course, is the 70,000 Tons of Metal Podcast, brought to you by Creative Live. Uh, you want to learn more about how to record music? Check out our friends at Creative Live. they got classes on engineering, mixing, mastering. Top by your favorite artists and some of mine. Between the Bear to Me, Converge, Periphery, Dillinger Escape Plan, just to name a few. Uh, CreativeLive.com slash audio if you want to learn more, watch some free previews, get an idea of what they're all about before you sign up, but you're going to sign up. So just, uh, you know. They got a new website homepage. It is beautiful. You got to go check it. Just know that you will be addicted once you get started on Creative Live. Yeah. There's pretty much uh, no no bones about it. Can't wait for that monuments thing with Isle Levy. They, they, they're I know. Doing that. What's that coming up? Uh, oh, I think it's the beginning of March, maybe. Yeah, I want to say yeah, um, something like that. Uh, it, just his pictures and stuff. Like I was, because I, I follow him on Facebook, I stalk him. Uh, so, so just looking at the pictures of the setup and all the stuff and what they were going through, it's like, wow, that's that's going to be pretty. That's going to be cool. That's going to be pretty badass. Yeah. So looking forward to that. They're like walking through wa- writing a song from mm-hmm. beginning to end. That's so cool. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, damn awesome, man. And like I said, this is the 70,000 Tons of Metal podcast. We've got a good one for you coming up. Um, we've got a couple of different interviews that we're going to feature in this one. We're going to talk to Alexi Leho from Children of Bodom uh, in this episode, as well as Herman Lee from Dragon Force, which is going to be wicked cool. We'll hear a song from both yeah, those both bands. good interviews, yeah. Yeah, no, it's I mean, you know when, uh, well, first off, make sure that you're subscribed on iTunes. Uh, search Metal Sucks Podcast, you'll find us, give us a couple of stars, tell us we suck. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher, uh, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, so that way it comes right to your device. Or, of course, MetalSucks.net every Monday. You can find this podcast right there, and uh, you can leave us, uh, leave us a comment and uh, whatever, you know, get a little, a uh, little Snippet right there on metalsucks.net. And you can also support us in a bunch of different ways, whether it's on social media. I'm at Bearded Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks and Godless Speaks on Facebook. You can hit us on Patreon if you would choose to do so. Help support us that way. Chuckandgodless.com is the easy way to get there. You can uh, jump in, maybe you know donate a little bit of your hard-earned money for this terrible podcast to be awesome. We would uh, appreciate yeah. it. We appreciate all of our early adopters. You guys are wicked cool. Yeah. And of course, and in- finally got got out the uh, oh, the, yeah. the metalheads versus humanity cards. Yeah, this week, so that was that was good. And yeah. we were actually updating our Instagram for a little bit there while we were on seventy thousand tons. So uh, you can find us on Instagram at Chuck and Godless as well if you want to find us there. Now, um, dude, so seventy thousand tons yeah. of metal is if you don't know what this thing is, right? By now, you probably at least heard, seen, have some kind of idea of what goes on. With uh, with with the rock and roll crews in general, right? Uh, you've seen it. You've seen a few of the other ones, but seventy thousand tons of metal is like no other in so many different ways. 
and uh, we are privileged to experience it uh, and go and check these things out. And we had, of course, another great year. This will be our what third year on it. Third year. It's it's Metalocalypse come to life. <laughs> it really is, man. It's it's metals for fish, and dude, <laughs> uh, it, it's yeah. And it wasn't as it wasn't as metal as that other cruise that got caught in the winter storm. You know, did did you see that thing? No, there was a there was another uh, cruise line that that sailed like we're, when we were going to dock, and they sailed through a winter storm and like we're rocking and pitching and like they they said that the waves were crashing up to like the third balcony deck uh, on, oh. on the ship, like it was crazy. I was like, could That's you? Im- awesome. Oh, could you imagine if that would have happened like with that stage on top or something like that? Because we hit some waves on the way back, but. Nothing like that, you know. That was insane. Oh no, not even close. Yeah. yeah, no, that would be awesome, especially if they actually put a band on the stage. If I were a band, I'd be like, "What waiver do I need to sign for getting up on stage?" Because <laughs> this is too sweet. Uh, can you imagine? It's like an instant music video. Yeah, you know? it was like they said it was like hurricane force winds, like eighty mile per hour winds blowing this uh, ship around out there. I was like, "Oh my god, dude!" And I mean, we hit. <laughs> we I think we hit like forty mile per hour, forty fifty knot. Winds or something like really? that on the last day. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty heavy duty. What we were uh, sailing into. on that ship, you can't feel a thing. I mean, it's like that thing's a. It's a. It's a floating building, you know. So yeah, yeah, it's fine. You know, it, it's, I didn't feel cool on yeah, that ship. I was totally good with it. So, but but the, yeah. the ship that they that had the problems was like even bigger. You know, which is crazy, and still, it was like it was. It, it, yeah, I couldn't believe. Like people were asking me, "Was that your ship, man?" I was like, "No." You would have, I didn't hear about that, but I'm putting in a request for next year. That's what I want. You, you know, you I don't care what bands are on it. Yeah, you'd have been seeing people <laughs> hanging off the side of that one, going, "Yeah, come on, <laughs> yeah, totally, bring it, bro. <laughs> Who's your god now?" You imagine the- Imagine the CNN with the interview with the captain and be like, so how, how are uh, the people, the guests on the ship, how are they taking it? And he's surprisingly well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's total brutals, man. It's crazy. Well, the, they, had, they had some of the the passengers from the other one on, uh, on like, uh, Good Morning America this morning. I was like, could you imagine if that was, like, our cruise? And like, pulling a bunch of dudes and their battle jackets in there, you know, like, well, you know, I was watching Insomnium down on the ice ring deck, but, you know, I felt a little bit of waves. We started to sink, but, you know, I said, fuck it. We had to watch Sodom next. So too bad. <laughs> it's like, that would have, oh, dude, it could have been awesome. It was either leave ship or watch Encore. Leave ship or watch Encore. Uh, yeah, Encore. Uh, encore. Totally Encore. Yes. Uh, I mean, it, but the wind did add some great stuff with the power metal that was on the ship though because there was a lot of blonde locks blowing in the breeze my favorite was my one of my favorite points in the cruise were the bands that kept complaining about the the wind on the main stage on the pool deck and then would play in another theater and have a fan to blow their hair back it's like well wait a minute hammerfall which is it do you want do you do you want the wind to blow in your face or do you want not want the wind to blow in your face i mean it could go either way, so uh, I don't know. Well, the other thing that was awesome is that, like, in the past two years, the music has gone from 10 a.m. till 4 a.m., right? So if a band's going on stage at 2.30 or something, you just you just power through it, you know, and yeah. you, you're going to make it. This year, it went from 10 a.m. till 6 a.m. So if you're going to go see somebody at 3.34 in the morning, that you you got to kind of... 
you got to plan for yeah. a little bit, you know. Yeah. There's no power and through that, you know. Uh, but man, places, you know, I see. I was a thing. You and I would sleep in shifts, so you would check out the shows that would go until one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, and then I would check out the ones that were going from two till six or so. And I was just gobsmacked how like crowded some of these shows were and i don't mean like crowded as in your shoulder to shoulder was uncomfortable none of the shows were like that what i'm saying is just like why aren't you people sleeping yeah, you right, know? Right, it was right. like you know a, a few hundred people to watch you know flesh god apocalypse or insomnium or whoever was playing it for you know at 3 30 in the morning it was awesome yeah no and and i mean i think that's that's just kind of a testament to the people that are on that cruise you know so many so many different people that go uh, that just that that did do it like powered through would start at two o'clock in the afternoon and go all the way to 6 a.m. You know, like you would see those people at all those shows. Now, you grab a nap here, grab a nap there. I, I seem to talk to more people that kind of did that than anything else, like where they would sleep for two hours or three hours in the middle of the day or the middle of something, you know, instead of eat. So he's <laughs> like, OK, more booze. OK, every no band, Yeah, every band plays twice. So you get chances to see them and, and you know, they'll play on like the pool deck and then the mm. next one will be in the theater or uh, they'll be in the ice rink on one night and then they'll be on the, the, the they have like a club. Uh, I forget what it was called, but it was more like a club setting. It was, you know, uh, it, it was super small stage, mm-hmm. uh, flat. Uh, uh, floor the, you could fit a few hundred people in the room but it definitely has the vibe of being like a small small club yeah. you know and um, uh, so yeah you get all these different atmospheres you get the bands playing different sets for you know different days and the whole thing it was it's just it's just such a well planned out w- super awesome cruise they've got you know the the moment you open your door of your cabin the music coming in the hallway is metal. Yeah, you right. sit down in to, in the buffet. What's playing on the on the the background music there? It's it's metal. I'm just everywhere you go, metal, metal, and it's all encompassing for the entire trip. It's freaking great. Yeah, basically, I think what most of the, the and there's you know a lot, a lot of Europeans, a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of foreigners on this trip for sure. I'll tell you what, uh, but uh, what what a lot of people that are. Fans of metal festivals and open air festivals um, that that really dig that sort of thing. They love this because it's like Vakken, but you don't have to sleep with your ass in the mud. You know, like yeah. and that's pretty much what everybody said. He's like, the great thing is, is that you can go back to your room and you could take a dump in private. You know, you don't have to use uh, that, porta potties. That was like the biggest thing. That being said, I did have to step over. A guy dressed as a banana who was passed out in the hallway just outside our cabin. Well, that that, that does happen. At least it wasn't raining on him, you know? Yeah, exactly. He's not sleeping in the mud, you know? So, I mean, in in the end, he's actually better off than a lot of people, so... No, but uh, but we also had a chance to uh, do do a bunch of interviews. We're gonna uh, we're gonna stick a couple of them uh, for our Patreon followers. So like uh, like we said, yes. chuckandgodless.com, If you go there, we're gonna have a couple of extra interviews for you on on the Patreon for uh, you supporters because we promise you extra content. We're gonna do that. But uh, in this episode, I mentioned Alexi Leho. We're gonna talk to him here in a bit. But first, we want to talk to Herman Lee. Now, Herman Lee, of course, is a guitar player for Dragon Force and Dragon Force. Um, Kind of had a rough cruise there, if you will, <laughs> and but it but it all kind of turned out in the end. Like Herman seemed to be like everywhere. You'd see him pop up just in random places, and I've seen pictures of him all like all over Facebook after the show. So I think he took a picture with everybody that was on that cruise. 
Yeah, if you are if you are a Dragon Force fan, you have to go on the seventy thousand tons of metal. It, they make it their cruise yeah. in some ways. It, they they're almost like like the way Death Angel were a couple of years right, ago. They were right. just everywhere. You yeah. know, that's what Dragon Force were everywhere, hanging out with everyone and just never turning anybody down. Never cooler than thou. Never any of that. Just super open, having a great time and having a great time with everybody who was there. And you know, you'll see a band who like you know a monitor goes a little funky and they let it ruin their night. Dragon Force had both their sets like rescheduled one got you know rescheduled completely and they do not let it slow them down one bit they still put on what i thought was one of the three best performances on the on on the cruise i mean they were just so much fun to watch i've never seen so many people uh um uh, crowd surfing in, in, during one performance, I was just constant, and then they did it too, and then the high fiving each other as they go by each other, and the, I mean, it was unbelievable. And and just as a fan of 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 music, I mean, you got to appreciate their skills, but then even beyond that, just appreciate the fact that they loved every second that they were on stage, and just would seem to be having the greatest time. And hopefully you can get that, uh, at least hear a little bit of that in our interview with Herman here on the Metal Sucks podcast. It's always seemed to us like Dragon Force is just on this like upper trajectory and it's all like, you know, you guys are just like working hard, you're driven, obviously talented, right? But is 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 there an an effort? Is there something going on in the bubble that is just so much different from what everybody else is doing as far as effort is concerned? Well, I can't say what people do. I mean, as the Dragon Force, this full-time job is, I mean, I wake up, I do Dragon Force, I go to sleep. Yeah. That's pretty much that. But, I mean, that's all just office work, whatever, practicing guitar, trying to make the show better, getting next album. You know, everyone's doing a lot of work off scene, you know, because I know a lot of people think, hey, he's in a band, he's touring the world, they just get put a guitar on, get drunk. Yeah. I mean, we have experienced that before, I think around, you know, at the you know middle, state, middle time of our career, because... We started the band not because we wanted to be cool. Look, playing this kind of music, we're not very cool. <laughs> right? So much guitar solos. You know, we sat in front of the guitar for hours trying to practice scales and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a self-confessed nerd. I believe in learning skills and perfecting them. And I really appreciate people are really good at one thing and not anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, they really spend the time. And, and with Dragon Force, we're always trying to make the show better, improving. There's always adding things to it. It's not like, okay, we play the same set every single night, say the same thing every day. On this cruise, you know, there was things prepared for this cruise, just for this sh- exclusive. Like, we prepared two set lists, completely different. We weren't even going to play Through the Fire and Flames in the first set. It's like, well, you know, who cares? You must have heard it a million times anyway, <laughs> right? You heard it at least on YouTube on Guitar Hero Games or whatever. And, and of course, the pull deck show, we're known to do crazy stuff, so the pool that show is going to be, you know, we got we got stuff happening that um, you never, you have never seen anyone do. Okay, <laughs> so we, you know, we're trying to yeah. not really to say, oh, we're trying to get bigger, but you know, when you do a band, you have to when you do something, you got to do it properly or just don't do it at all. Always improving. Yeah, 
Well, it always seemed like you had that attitude from the start. It didn't seem like there was a a spot where you guys were held back, and it was. It seems like it's always been through that hard work. Is that attribute that to, or is it? Do you feel like you've been held back at some point, or obstacles like that? To be honest, I'm working much harder now than the beginning. Wow. Because now with technology, everything have moved so much faster, and you got in the old days, you send an email, you don't like. Or if someone sends you an email, you can reply in a few days, right? Yeah. You don't reply today, they start calling you and texting you. Did you get my email? Obviously, I did, but I'm not <laughs> a slave to my computer or my phone. And I always, almost train myself these days. My phone ring, I don't pick it up. Yeah. I don't look at it if it's text message. It's like I'm not slave by the phone de- determining my hours of schedule. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like almost you kind of you announce you are, you you have a call center job mm-hmm. without actually picking one. <laughs> you know, and every everything people anything in any industry but um we started off really not care what people have to say because when we first started i guess it was really the metalcore scene right it was the main thing playing guitar solos very bizarre and uncool and i do thank a lot of the grunge band and uh you know that that kind of band for wiping out this a generation of guitar players it's like the missing Jedi right <laughs> they wiped them all out it was you cannot be one there was no one really doing it except the underground scene of course you always a great band from Europe that do play well like Angra these bands Dream Fear they kept mm-hmm. going but you know in the general scene like the big scene like bands that play Ozfest or you would say like Mayhem Festival now yeah. that kind of thing they, was, they were just the full wipeout of like really talented guitar players or it just wasn't cool to do it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that one and, and against those headwinds you guys have been able to kind of uh, to, to pull onto the top of that you're tapping into something that wasn't available very much because you, you guys are you know arguably one of the most recognizable Amer- like in America of this style which this as far as the style that you guys do there's not it's just not rivaled, really, in the in the states. I think, in my opinion, which is obviously biased, that we we are original, and there still isn't a band that sounds like us. Yeah. In in any st- you know in the way we approach the style and how we mix it together. So even though people say, "Oh, every Dragon Force sounds the same, every song sounds the same," you know, whatever. Guess what? The original bands like ACDC, they always sound the same. They make a certain style because that's what they got right that was unique to them mm-hmm. you know and we're gonna stick to our style that's what we build and carry on building it and that's i like fast songs with loads of guitar solos and and stuff like that and really melodic yeah, yeah. it seems like the only time when you guys have suffered like any even minor setback in your career has been the change of vocalists you know it just like and, th- and there you throw the new guy at Iron Maiden. You know, it's like, what setback, right? Yeah, they say I'm not a nice guy. I mean, I give the guy opportunity. First show, just open for Iron Maiden. That's the greatest practical joke like I've ever heard. Can you imagine? Like, what we were talking earlier, it was like, can you imagine like driving him to the stadium and him going, nah, we're just sitting in the audience. You no know? way. Yeah, Iron no Maiden, way. Whatever. I think yeah. our manager called and said, oh, so our new singer, is he going to be ready? Well, he will. has to be He has to be ready. <laughs> Am I going to – are we going to say, oh – I mean, no, we're not going to do it. No, we're not doing the shows. Yeah. So, yeah, but, you know, I think being stubborn is kind of the important thing because you can see there's so many things now pulling people in a different direction, right? But they they listen. I mean, I think it's good to listen to knowledge out there, but there's so much wrong information and a lot of people can't really make up their mind what they're going to do. You know, it's it's always been difficult. 
you know, when I was in college or school, I didn't really know what I want to do in, as a job. But now, to do something even musically, there's so many bands coming out, and people go, oh, I like this band. And next year, they go, I don't like that band anymore. I like this, that band suck. I like this band now. And then, if they're musicians, they're unable to find their own path and create some kind of originality because they're changing style all the time. You know, you, there are bands that started off, and now they're singing, doing yeah. electronic, right? Yeah, yeah. Or I don't know, or something, and they just wasn't into that kind of style of music. I yeah. guess we pretty much knew exactly what we were doing at the beginning. Right. Right. Because everyone in the band had played music or listened to metal for that long, that it wasn't just like a trend or cool thing to listen to, you know, it, scene music or something. It's interesting <laughs> that you bring up that idea of being distracted because you look at like these like playthrough videos on YouTube and these these kid you know be like four year old can play like freaking crazy guitar or drums or whatever it is. But at the same time, you think about these kids have so many other more distractions than we ever had. You know, it was like. Whether it's a phone or it's a television or a video game. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Pac-Man was not a distraction, you know? (laughs) But what they got from video games now is a distraction, you know? 150 TV channels is a distraction. It's difficult for someone now. I mean, it's almost like you are wiping off the musicians. You got to have some really dedicated to really spend that time to practice and learn the art of anything. Mm -hmm. From martial arts to music, they really have to love it. And and I got to applaud people that really applaud, you know, to to people that really able to kind of, you know, be a computer programmer making certain things, you know, and really not going out. I mean, it's all kind of way to entertain yourself, right? Well, like you said, you focus on that one thing and become really good at that one thing that you do. Mm -hmm. I think that's important in anything you do, right? I mean, it doesn't matter what it is, if it's computer programming or guitar playing or drumming or whatever. Oh, I'm so hopeless. I know. I'm screwed. (laughs) I mean, I'm a guy that laid his cable straight at home. (laughs) <laughs> they do not overlap each other perfect I I, I'm my free computer screen I have them a perfect angular absolutely perfect angle I'm going to seat everything speakers I measure them distance and everything. how do you deal with that on tour I mean as far as that, that obsessive compulsive I mean I mean it's probably not a problem because I'm the same way I like to have my everything where it's supposed to be it's got it's place but how do you deal with deal with that like in this chaos you know when you're on tour I think I think you know I'm not insane enough I can accept there are changes Certain in the world. Not everything of... run around revolves around me or whatever. You know, there's things that people yeah. do. So, I I I just switch off that part when I'm on the tour bus. How dirty it is you know? How people really don't care you know mm-hmm. about you know they're just throwing shit everywhere. Yeah. Has there been a time in Dragon Force's history where you realized that you guys had gotten where you wanted to be, or have you not gotten there, or? I mean, I, we were talking to Stevic from um, uh, 12 Foot Ninja recently, and here's this band that everybody's starting to talk about. They're getting radio airplay, the whole thing, and he's like, I could give this up at any moment now because I don't see it happening. It's like, oh, but dude, you're in the bubble. But I was thinking about that conversation preparing to talk to you because it seems like you guys have been through all that journey. Was there ever a time where you didn't realize what was happening? It's kind of it's interesting how you see it then and how you see it now. So the way I saw it then, when we, I guess, in Human Rampage album, when we started getting paychecks in, I'm going, what? Getting paid for doing this stuff? Okay, this is pretty cool. We got drunk. We played a few songs, whatever, and we toured around the world. And I think when you're on the top, sometimes you don't think about certain things either. When things are going really well for you, you know, you keep touring and all that. And and sometimes you got to look back and fix the problem because you, when you everything's going well, there's still a lot of problems but you just can't see it because you're too busy having a good time. So um, I think, in my opinion, for me, there's really there's no 
peak of this mountain is just endless going and it, everyone everyone life changes in the band so some people don't want to do it anymore because that's not the, what they want to do and I, I know fans sometimes they think you you live and you die in the band you cannot quit right you know it's almost like oh you change band member well you know some guy want to do something different after they tour around the world i mean our last drummer told us i've toured around the world how many times have you guys i'm getting a bit old i just want to do a bit something different and we go great you know we're still friends but you know fans go oh what what you know and and because every perspective change for me these days i'm more i'm more into getting better than i was in 2007 yeah. That's the drive. It's not going to that city that we still haven't been to or something like that. It's just become a better musician. It's not that, but it's going to that same city, but doing a better show than last time in every single way you can possibly. Mm-hmm. And you learn, you know, really from experience. Oh, you know what? Let's say uh, 10 years ago, I didn't understand how the monitoring desk worked, how the sound desk worked, how the PA system worked. Now you're thinking, okay, I'm playing on stage, but I want to understand what the audience hear and how we can create something better for the audience to see the show at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting you bring that up because that's like what we were talking to the guy from Obscura about where he's talking about how PA systems, when you go above a certain BPM, it just can't handle it. It becomes a blur. So they slow down when they play live just for the sound coming out of the PA. Stuff like that. And he's like, I didn't think about that. Yeah. You you count at the beginning when you first started. You only rethink about yourself, what you can hear and what you're playing. Mm -hmm. You don't even care about the other guy in the band, whatever. As long as, you know, and then everything changes as you go, you know what? Okay, I got that, but, you know, what's the other part? And, you know, we added video synchronized to the music and all that stuff, you know, all that stuff. Layers and layers to the different shows. Adding stuff to the shows all the time and, you know, I played under the water. I mean, in the <laughs> last year in the Full Metal Cruise and first 70,000 tons and yeah. do something crazy again this time and pushing the limit, something you haven't done before, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, it almost sounds like you set like many goals. It's not like it's in five, this is our five year yeah. plan or a 15 year plan. It's just like tomorrow, this is what we're going to do to make tomorrow better, you know? Yeah. Right? Y- yeah. It's like a, you, got, you got plans. How do they say? I remember, you know, you got this short. And the long-term plan, mm-hmm. you know that. But obviously, the industry changing so quickly. So you know these kind of, those kind of, how do you say the CD sales? That kind of tactics have changed. You can't really plan that easily now. But you know the music hasn't changed, right? To play the guitar and all that, and you still we obviously learn about technology making the show better. But yeah, I don't know. You just have to get better, right? You wouldn't buy a phone that is same as last year. With the same CPU, I I don't believe I would. So, yeah. just since you guys have started, the industry is just like you said. Just whether it's email or YouTube, I mean, it's completely different. So the attack has got to be. You almost have to have to go day to day or month to month or, you know, just short term as far as your outlook because otherwise you're gonna, you know, it'll be completely different. There'll be another medium that you have to try to conquer in six months that you didn't even know about yet. Yeah, I mean, if we were doing this interview 10 years ago, talk about hooking up women, you know. Oh. <laughs> we're talking about we're getting, getting drunk and hooking up women. Hey, what the hell am I talking about? Yeah, yeah, how in the world does a woman put up with you and your cables in your house? That's got it. Yeah, yeah. There's no way she does that. Yeah. yeah. sets up the TV. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I just do, do what I, you know, my place anyway. Yeah. <laughs> just lie down this way. Your head has to be pointing that direction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but, I mean... Talking about just the way the, the, the industry has changed, 
are you frustrated with the fact that bands that drew as many people to a to to shows as you do were making multiples of the type of money you're able to generate just because the industry and the world has changed, not because of any other reason? Does that end up getting frustrated? You know, not not really. I mean, the way Dragon Force are, we are musicians that were never deluded to be in a band because you want to be rock stars. That was never our thing. I really don't care. You know, we were just doing it. Let's have some fun, play some shows. No one was there. No one was thinking, man, I'm an artist, dude. I'm a music. That's what I do. That's my life, man. That's the only thing. I'm born to do this. We're not born to do this. We just wanted to do this to have fun. You know, we, you're really putting music musician nerds together instead of a bunch of douchebags yeah. that wants to be cool and, you know, we joke around, you know, all this stuff. But really, at the end of the day, this really is. We don't have that delusion. And if you, I got, if, if I'm a multi-billionaire, you know, I'll still buy a used car. Yeah. Because the logic in me says <laughs> buying a new car is a rip-off. The moment I walk out of that dealership, I lose how many thousands. Yeah. I'd rather give it to my friend or something, go out and do something useful with it, right? Yeah. So that's kind of a, we have a certain logic that, yeah. you know, I'm cheap as fuck, you know. And that's tough in a city like London. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I'm so fucking anti getting ripped off all this stuff you you have no idea see that's surprising because you know when you look at your history again it's like first tour is opening for rob halford you know and it it always seems to me like when you hear a band having that sort of like acceptance right away i picture there's some guy in the band who's banging on the door of rob halford going what the hell how how do we get this tour you know but it doesn't sound like that necessarily was the case uh we actually we did the demo and then we sent around the record labels and the label of Rob Halford. They told us, well, Overkill that dropped out. You guys want to do the show? I didn't even call anyone else in the band if they got to quit their job or not. Or so I just said, well, yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. Everyone have to sort this shit out. I don't know, calling sick or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm not losing that opportunity. Yeah, and, uh, then we played the Stradivarius as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, wow. It's like, <laughs> then we played the Halloween in Japan later on, a few years down after we released the first album. So, I mean, obviously there are people that we work with as well, you know, record labels later on and all that, that done great job. You know, a guy, you know, roadrunner brought us to America, you know, without them having, you know, good guys listening out for music that thought, Oh, Dragon Force will work in the U S you know, we wouldn't, you know, so there's definitely a concerted effort of people. Yeah. Yeah. So with, with your like sort of, you know, wanting everything to be right, right. Like you're talking about the cables laid out the right way. are you like, is your, does your guitar tech hate you? I mean, or is it, is this like your 12th guitar tech this year? Or well, <laughs> or do you get the one guy that's like, okay, 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 all right. Or he's even more than you are. I'm having a little bit of a problem, to be honest. Um, so our last guitar tech we had for many years, and we, we, we had two techs that we used constantly that were really good. One guy, he worked with Trans-Siberian Orchestra, um, and another guy, he worked with us for years he's he built guitars he's like he owns a shop he builds really like guitars out just pieces of wood he's retired there at the moment both retired a little bit so i actually can't find a new guitar tech people are scared to work word out yeah (laughs) i have no idea i'm really nice i just like the things to be done correctly it's not even that complicated i said the stuff is very simple but you know I just remember when I worked with uh, Paul Simon years and fun years ago, and his guitar tech used to, he, 
he'd just shake his head and go, I smile and think about my car. That was his <laughs> response to what would happen with that. Uh, yeah, I've got a friend who's a guitar tech for Bob Dylan. And, yeah. and he's like, oh. <laughs> I'm not I sh- I'm not really actually demanding, to be honest. I've been told I'm not really demanding oh, by those great. guys. I said, I just want to get things right. right. Yeah. Yeah. People come to see the show. Let's, let's make a show. You know, I, I try to do things right. Everyone's got to be doing their thing, you know, properly. Otherwise, why bother? Yeah. 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 Well, then you wind up into, you know, troubles that extend into the – then it then affects you in your performance. And that's, like, what you don't want. Yeah. To I'm, I guess I'm – what I look for in the guitar tech I understand now these days is it's hard to get a top-level tech. So at least I want some guy who's interested in learning and getting better, improving himself. He's got the same – theory he's got the same way to live he's like i want to get better at what i'm doing i'm not the best right now i might i would never be the best because yeah. there's no such thing as being the best but i want to be the best i can and i'm always going to improve yeah, yeah. so and we, who doesn't cry very easily you know i want to make sure he doesn't cry too easily yeah because uh you know because kirk hannah said the same thing you know i asked him like you know so when you're voted as like number four greatest guitarist do you look at those top three and just go fuck those guys you know <laughs> But he's like, no, of course not. And I knew that's what he was going to say. But it, to be that good of a – I always think that to be that good of at something, you have to be a drive – have a drive to be the best. But maybe not? I guess – you know, I look at music a different way. Like I'm not – like or like compared to sports. Right. Sports, you have – there's always a loser, right? Mm. Fuck loads of losers. <laughs> right? <laughs> Only one winner at the end. Everyone's a loser. So – or one team, whatever. So, but for, music... For, for everybody listening at home, you were pointing at me when you said losers. So it's all <laughs> yeah. good. All right. <laughs> but music, everyone's supposed to be a winner. Yeah. You go on, you perform, you have a good time. Because you can't com- compare who's a better band. Because you play more notes, he's better? No. Everyone do something different, different style. That's why we don't only listen to one style of music, right? Yeah. We've got different stuff. And that's how I see it. Yeah, but you're going around in this boat looking at some of these bands and going... Uh, losers <laughs> right <laughs> well you know it's i, I don't look at, look at it that way to be honest um um i think if you start looking at music like a competition you're gonna get one you're gonna become one of those bitter musicians yeah. oh fuck that band oh fuck we sold more album than them 10 years ago now it's just shit anyway yeah. you know i i i hear this stuff all the time you know because uh, well we better than them we should be opening for that band or this fuck you know what who cares you know, if you think that way, you're kind of almost poisoning your mind, right? To, to bad start. Yeah. You know, you see a lot of people. De- some people complaining. Oh, well, why, why don't we have our own dressing room? This today, or this and that. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Reality check, guys. Yeah. yeah, you gotta teach me how to think better about other podcasts, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, you you guys with your website also have your competition. I understand this competition. Everything is yeah. healthy to improve it, to make better. You try to get better, but. Um, I think music itself is really getting better than what you can do and learning from the people around. Yeah. 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 And, and, and unless you have vari- uh, that kind of variety or other people that are doing it, maybe doing it differently. It may not be right or what you like, but it's subjective. You know, unless yeah. you have that, you're never going to be able to kind of keep things moving. So, I, you know, I think by having that, I'm not trying to be like this guy with all this life saying, oh, energy and all this, you know, like a hippie <laughs> saying, you got to be nice to people. Look, if I'm doing certain thing, a sport, I'm fuck, I'm gonna win. Yeah, I'm gonna get better than you know this competition. But music for me is one of those things that I do not, you know, try to do. Show I'm gonna outdo that guy or whatever. That competition's in your in, inside you, not not exactly the outside. Because right. there is no end goal to this whole music thing, anyway. 
you have a friend or loved one suffering from lead singer syndrome? My body aches everywhere. I really don't feel like going to work. I haven't picked up a piece of equipment in at least seven to eight years. What are you? Who are you? What do you want from me? It's the trash, the dressing room. You don't like me, you know, tough shit. I'm Shane Tolles, lead singer of the world-famous, universally-loved rock quintet Silverstein, and I'm on a mission to cleanse the world of lead singer syndrome. You can check out my progress every Monday at leadsingersyndrome.com.
Metal Sucks Podcast brought to you by Creative Live. We want you to check out our friends at Creative Live because they've got classes that can help you get, uh, we, we've decided that it's going to get you friends for sure, but they could possibly get you jobs. Uh, engineering, mixing, mastering, taught to you by artists like Between the Bear to Me, Convert, Periphery, Dillinger, Escape Plan, creativelive.com slash audio. If you want to learn more, watch some free previews. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Now, uh, that was a new one from Ronnie Christ. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name of the damn song because um, uh, <laughs> it's Greek. Yeah, it's Tua Thanatua, I think is uh, how you pronounce that. Um, you just said you weren't even going to try. I tried. I, I well, well, That's <laughs> sort of right, maybe. I don't know if it's right or not. I really don't. Uh, they were also on the 70,000 Tons of Metal. That was one. I'm glad we uh, got up and uh, checked them out on the pool deck because I've sort of been on the surface kind of not really a fan of rotting christ over the years but then seeing them live that was the first time i've ever got to finally check them out live right and uh, and man okay i'm in i think it I'm was in. heavy it was very yeah, heavy. it was super heavy yeah now i enjoyed them as well and i've always been yeah just like you just i don't know i won't say that the recordings have always left me feeling a little cold but i've never heard anything from rotting christ that basically blew me away i'm yeah. gonna say that so i guess i'm I, maybe i'm saying the same thing both ways but yeah and say but live live i was like this is freaking heavy this is really good i mean um yeah i don't know how you capture that on on recording but if they could do it um i'm all in well i'll tell you i listened to the new record with uh with, with those ears after after seeing them on the cruise and I think that is part of it. You know, I think once you once you see it and then you hear it, that kind of changes the way because because uh, definitely I feel like this is a and it could just be the the album's better, you know, or heavier or whatever. But in my mind, uh, it's definitely different than the way that I've looked looked at them in the past. So, but good yeah, stuff. When man. you're exposed to that many bands <laughs> on a ship, you know, it's like it's it's just great when you. You both get introduced to new ones and you see ones that you've always been kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. And then you walk away going, I got to revisit that catalog. You know, that yeah. that's a, that's a live performance that, that delivers. You yeah, know? totally, totally. Well, and I think one of those, uh, and for sure one of those that was uh, that way, but I was expecting it to be good. It was probably the winner of the cruise was Flesh God Apocalypse. Like yeah. hands down. I think that that band in my mind, uh, had the best performance I'd seen on the entire ship. And I barely saw it because it was in that small room, that teeny tiny room with so many people. But it sounded so goddamn amazing. Holy crap, it was good. Yeah, I mean, no, I totally agree. Number one performance on the cruise, and that's no slight to Dragon Force, no slight to At the Gates whatsoever. Those guys had amazing performances oh, yeah. as well. But Flesh God... Like all right, so I I saw them this past summer out in um, uh, at Bloodstock and thought they were amazing, but it was another one of those situations. It was just like a packed tent, you can't see anything, and so much of their presentation is their visual presentation. Mm-hmm. And so I I took a nap, woke up for their first three thirty performance up on the pool deck, and they had technical problems, and that it was it, they it, they played like two or three songs they couldn't do it, and I was like oh bummer man that was probably going to be the one but then they played in that small club and you know we tried to get there early so we could get a relatively good spot but only so much could be done once the sound guy dialed in the sound about five minutes in the rest of it was just it was possibly the most um like like just riveting 
performance and it was a sonic beatdown under like anything i've had since death on their spiritual healing tour it was just brutal but it was absolutely electric the whole room was absolutely uh uh, just electrified it was it was uh the pit going crazy people were were doing the 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 uh uh crowd surfing thing people are banging their heads just it didn't matter male female anything didn't matter if you were wearing your black metal makeup or a chicken suit you were freaking into it just they had everybody everybody was nailed it was awesome well we and we kind of referenced it a few times on the cruise you know as far as having those lightning moments those where you're like holy shit this is this is bam this is one of those things where you, the hair stands up on your neck. The you're getting the goosebumps, and you go, "Wow, this is something fucking I'm never gonna like. It's never gonna be this." And they actually pull off one of those moments in probably the tightest quarters that they'll ever play in. You know, like the, they, the, yeah, it was amazing. And they did it without the 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 the, the gimmick, right? If yeah. the gimmick is that they look like you know Victorian era uh, era uh, a Victorian era vampires with the 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 fat opera singer in the back if that's the gimmick i I don't care they delivered sight unseen yeah they were absolutely absolutely amazing yeah oh no i agree and and then and then also you know at the gates was also another one that would that you know i don't want to forget those guys because i've but i felt like i said it so much that they were my favorite on the ship as far as just I saw them both times, watched every piece of each both sets, you know, like I just could not get away from those guys because they're just that I love them. I love them so much. Like those, those guys are so good. So, uh, you know, there's yeah, there's some definite winners. And, but that was like one that I did not expect to be disappointed at all. Like I kind of knew that was going to be fucking badass. Yeah. And, and at the gates, I mean, they were they to me, they just they they transcended everything that that uh, uh their reputation and everything they 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 were they were so good that to me it was like man it, they're almost making other bands that um that are i don't know how do you say it, the the living legends of our scene yeah. it, they almost made them look bad cuz these guys just just love what they're doing same thing and just they sounded amazing and that and all the stuff off their last album at war with reality sounded absolutely seamless with the best of their early career yeah. and that that was so cool and that was kind of the crazy thing that made it sort of comparable as we have in the past compared them kind of to the carcass performance on the ship three years ago you know in that in that you know with so much so such a big gap in between records and then having such legendary records that they left on back in the 90s to come back and play this new stuff and have it match perfectly and just just flow right into each other and people enjoy it that way and not even really, really notice whether or not this was a song, a slaughter of the soul or at war with reality, you know, 20 years later. That's amazing. That's pretty fucking amazing. And there, no. there were no like elitists in the back of the room with their arms crossed as soon as they played yeah. something off that yeah, right. with reality. It didn't happen. No, happen. not at all. Not I was looking all. for it. It didn't happen. <laughs> and then another one that was that I hadn't seen in ages uh, was Children of Bodom. Uh, and 
like they're they had some issues uh, with their theater show as far as technical difficulties and some stuff, and you could tell that they were having a rough night, right? Uh, like it was like it was kind of rough. The first couple of songs were were ooh, yeah a little rough, and then they dialed it in and started to go and actually had a much better time, and then really redeemed themselves and took it to, took it to the next level when they played the pool deck and just were amazing. Those guys, I hadn't seen them. I want to say it was like Ozfest. Or, decade ago or more it's been a long time since i've seen uh seen those guys play and still 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 got it just just still unbelievable so that's one of the reasons why we wanted to talk to alexi leho from children of bottom let's get into that interview here on the metal sucks podcast started out 1993 like we talked to bill steer a couple years ago right he's like 93 94 it was like all the air went out of the room for metal like and we just packed it up right that's when you guys are diving in and uh, you know demos not getting anywhere you're you're determined 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 in this desert to get to the other side now here you are right so is that kind of determination what what is that what you need now? I mean, is that what you use now? Is that what you learned from then? Well, I think it's just that that's basically what it's all been about anyway. You know, it's just that determination and that stubbornness and that drive and the fire that you got for music and playing live, you know, that, that you're just so eager to play music and play metal and just get out there. And, and like you were saying, you know, like mid-90s or whatever, I mean, there was fucking nothing for anybody out there you know you were lucky enough to yeah yeah. oh god no so you know we just keep on making demo tapes actual tapes you know and uh you know send them out you know you you know using real stationary fucking envelopes (laughs) and stuff like that sending them you know sending them out to record labels you know hope hoping that you know something would come up and and you'd be lucky enough to get a show from like a friggin' supermarket supermarket opening or whatever, you know. Yeah. So you know, back then, you know, we just take any any chance to play live, yeah. and that's how. Well, we, we finally got a record deal, and then you know, that's once we got the first tours, like the first European tours, and that, that's when stuff started to happen. But, but I mean, you could tell that you know it wasn't until like early two thousand uh, before, like extreme metal got. All of a sudden, it got a lot bigger, you know, like the tours in Europe and tours in Europe, they got a lot bigger and tours in the States, they started happening too. Like the first time we toured the States was opening up for Dimlin. It was in like uh, extreme metal standards. It was pretty huge, you know, so I was like, this is awesome, you know, that just to see that it's happening in America as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and you guys were in the middle of kind of um, like when that was picking up, <laughs> just looking at some of the past tours I'm going Wow, you guys stuck out with a lot of bands that were that were coming out at the same time. As far as like metalcore, seeing tour, Lamb of God, God forbid, like uh, all these other, gear. Well, I mean, <laughs> it sort of fits there, but but I mean, like with with the that American metal scene, it, you guys were doing something completely different, and it but it worked. It seemed like it worked, and the crowds actually you know went went to you guys. Was that expected, or did you? 
was that just surprising that that actually happened for you in the early 2000s? It was not expected. I mean, well, obviously, I I really went out of my my way to not think about any of that stuff, yeah. you know, because it's just a lot better just to sort of just get out there and do your own thing and believe in it. And I think that, you know, when people sort of pick up on that, that you don't really give a flying fuck about what anybody thinks, you know, you just do your own thing. And I think people just appreciate that vibe you know and and as long as obviously you gotta have you gotta have good songs and you you gotta know how to play your instruments so i mean that those are just like that's just like you know knowing how to play is it's a necessity you know it's it's yeah, nothing that be yeah kind of given, exactly right? yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i know right yeah. that's why it's funny it's like in that nowadays it seems to be like a bonus that you know it's like yeah but he actually writes his own songs or you know right. he plays know. an instrument I'm like well yeah he he calls himself self a fucking musician i mean isn't that what we're supposed to do but anyway um uh so yeah, I think that it, I mean there was that plus uh us we we just we were just lucky enough to get tours where you know we we toured with a lot of American bands and we were the only band from like uh Scandinavian Nordic era or whatever you know where you know we kind of like stick out no matter what since the music was a little different anyways. But but uh you know it it wasn't it wasn't different to the extent where people would go like what the hell is this shit like yeah. you know and so and, and many times, you know, I'd say that you know our stuff was more melodic than the, the other bands that that were playing. So, yeah, I, I think that, that there was both like like skills and luck, you know, involved yeah. as far as that well, goes. It's always seemed like you guys were having fun too. Oh, hell like, yeah! Because like, we were talking about it beforehand, we were talking about the the Skeletons album and stuff and the covers, and I I just I find that to be entertaining obviously you know fun musically but i think it shows a side of musically you're serious and obviously instrumentally but then have fun with it at the same time and not just completely be totally serious now are you willing to kind of laugh at yourself and and have fun like that oh hell yeah, yeah. dude yeah yeah you gotta have fun you know you gotta be able to laugh at yourself too and and the fact of the matter is that you know we we do have fun doing this and we're not afraid to show it plus we love playing uh covers and just recording covers it's just it's, it's it's a lot of fun you know and it's very challenging too you know especially with the kind of covers that we yeah. we usually choose because we don't choose to do a lot of metal covers i mean if we we get to choose whatever we want you know it's not going to be a metal cover yeah. you know it's something like creedence or britney spears or whatever and uh and it's you know just like I was saying, you know, we're not afraid to show people that, you know, we we can totally just, you know, have fun and laugh at ourselves and do stuff like that. And I think that people appreciate that. So even though there's there's always that's actually a, a way for for me to entertain myself sometimes, just to see the first reactions from people, you know, to something like Britney Spears, because you know, there's always going to be yeah, that yeah, one group yeah. of people, you know, going like, "Fucking sucks, you're a band. Fucking sucks now. Can't believe you did Britney and blah blah blah." But those are the people who actually love that cover the yeah. most, you know. And it's like, it's so funny when that that Britney's uh, a Britney cover was first released, and then you know we got a lot of that, and then ten years later, it's like by far our like most fucking appreciated and loved <laughs> cover ever, you know. And I think it's just so awesome that when you, when you get a, get a huge reaction like that, you know that that cover is just one of those 
One on the one on the end that's gonna stick. Yeah, forever. See, they, either people love it or hate it. And that's exactly. Like you want. You don't want people. Yeah, to go, eh, it's okay. That, yeah, that's. You want, you want people to have a reaction like that. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Do you learn anything when you do a cover? Is there ever a time where you're learning a song and you go, "Oh my god, that's why they do that," or "That's how they do that." That's why it sounds that way. I'd love to take that yeah, and like use a pop that sensibility. Anything you know? like that? Um. Yeah. Sometimes you know I. I actually I thought about that once because usually when we do a cover, you know, I just I sort of uh, it, it's I don't I don't have any rules or anything like that, you know. So I I really try not to think about anything. But I actually did think about that once. Like, why is this song so awesome? Like, what makes it awesome? Like, for example, the the Credence cover that we did, you know, like what well, what a simple song. I mean, there's really like musically musically there's really nothing to it, but. It's it's just it's like so rad, and I was like, what makes it so rad? And you know, I mean that that that's just one of those things that kind of like just goes to show that you know sometimes you know it, it just doesn't pay off to be too clever or too like yeah too clever with music or you know songwriting that you know sometimes when you just keep it super super simple, um, that's that that works out like a lot better than you know just trying to like kind of. Yeah, be too smart with it. I, you know, it must be sometimes when you're doing a, a cover, you're expecting this complicated pop piece, and then you're like, it's A, D, and C. What the hell? Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And that's that, that's like, you know, that's what people like at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, I don't know if it, it, it's probably not because of the covers or anything, but like, for example, with the latest album, um, like structure-wise, you know, the our songs are way more simple now i mean when you compare it to the to the uh old older ones i mean not necessarily like riff wise i mean there's still a lot of technical stuff in there but but like song structure wise i mean they're definitely a lot uh a lot more simple which makes it more catchy i yeah. think so i mean that's because i mean a lot of people have said that the new album is like way catchier than that like the two two ones before and and I do agree, and I think that's got a lot to do with it. But at the same time, still is able to have the aggressive sound to it as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, yeah, it's not backing away from it. It's just no, no, a no. little bit different structure. You know, yeah, it's, it's it's just more like you know the song structure that there's more like repetition in yeah. the parts, so that you know like you don't like after hearing hearing the song, you you don't go like what the hell just happened. I mean, you actually remember something. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you remember the chorus or whatever the hell. You know, so. I think that's that that's pretty important. Well, you want people to be singing along with it at the end of the day. Oh, after totally. They, after yeah. They shut it off. You're going ah, okay. <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's the thing. Like you know, when you're making. I mean, well, I'm speaking for myself, obviously. But when you're making your first album, you you just you want to show everything you got, like yeah. every single thing, every talent, every skill, every technique that you you got down with your guitar, and that's that's kind of what it's all about. You know, you gotta prove yourself to the point where it's just a little over the top, and then. Um, well, I mean, if you're smart enough and you, you you try to like look at your band through somebody else's eyes, and then you actually kind of realize that you know it's it's that's not the way to go. I mean, you got to make music and not try to prove how fucking awesome you are. <laughs> well, is I mean, is that and is that growth as a person more so than as a musician, or is it is it equally of both? I think yeah, it's both yeah. for sure. You know, and and also the fact that you know it just. You, you can't be too set on your ways and not, not get stuck in one thing. You, know, you got to keep your mind open, like like a four year old. I mean, you got to like yeah. you, you have to be able to 
like uh, just observe and like you know sort of like sit, try to sink everything in and like everything you hear no matter what it is it doesn't it need to be metal it doesn't need to be rock you know any anything that kind of like you see or hear around you just that that's what inspires me anyway yeah. and i i'd hate to be i'd hate to be like just one of those like jaded people who who got got an attitude like you know well i'm already like almost 40 years old so i mean like i i know this and I, i know that and i know what's up and i'd rather not i'd rather not know shit you know i'd rather like have that attitude and try yeah. to learn new things all the time yeah and, it makes total sense yeah. i mean well and two it's that also you know you can find value you can learn things from you know everything you hear yeah you know if people like it there's got to be a reason they like it yeah yeah exactly and that's why actually i go out of my way to check out bands that i already have like bands that i think that i that i hate you know like i i've heard their name and i i've seen pictures and i kind of get what they're all about and i've heard like maybe one or two songs and i'm like that sucks but they're huge so there has to be a reason for that so i would actually check out all their albums and sometimes it's i've actually ended up liking the band a lot after listening to like whole albums not just songs here and there and sometimes you gotta name, I, sometimes you gotta name i still name. hate him <laughs> <laughs> who do you still hate <laughs> uh, well let's not go there did i mention like, we're from metal sucks <laughs> but, uh, no i mean but uh, honestly though i mean like if one example was like you know bring me the ri- the horizon you know it's just one of those bands that you know i really did have an attitude towards that i really thought that because i i had heard like a couple of songs and i'm like i don't get it you know and then i i don't know it's just like maybe maybe it's just that genre that like you know i'm not supposed to be a fan of you know because of what i do and what i represent but i don't want to be that guy you know i want to have an open mind so so that was actually one of the, one of those bands that I, i i forced myself to listen throughout like three of their albums and i'm like fuck i actually do get it you know like And nowadays I do, I mean, I actually like that band, you know, yeah. and had I never done that, like, you know, first of myself listening to that, I would have never like found a new band to like, you know, because yeah. I mean, it's important to find new music because I mean, that's what kind of keeps you inspired too. Yeah. You know, but so. there was a, an interview I remember uh, hearing with Paul Simon years ago where he was talking about how he found Lady Smith Black Mombazo for the Graceland album. And he's like, I just kept on hearing these people who were such big fans and I would hear it and I go, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. But he said, I had to remind myself that it was my loss until I understood what other people liked about it because yeah, their, their life is being made better and mine is not and I'm missing it. Yeah. 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 It's a great way to put it actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you would hope that people do the same thing for you, for your baby. Like, I mean, if, yeah, somebody, yeah, if totally somebody's did. looking at ch- children at the bottom, they're like, ah, whatever, never mind, you know. Yeah. And you'd hope they'd have the same open mind about your music as well and give it a chance and, and you know, find the same thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I know for a fact that that's happened a couple of times because, I mean, like, people have come up to me telling me that very, you know, exact story, you know, mm-hmm. just saying that, you know, like, like just saying that, you know, I didn't get it at first only because I wasn't really – I wasn't familiar enough with their music and you know that they, they, they tell me that like for not necessarily like forcing their themselves to listen to the music but like checking out a live show kind of like you know forcing themselves yeah. to do that and after that they became fans so you know I, i'm thinking you know i mean what makes what makes me any different you know why shouldn't i do stuff like that and it, it does it pays off you know mm-hmm. like trying new things and sometimes you know it doesn't happen like that you know yeah so yeah 
I mean, and that's sort of like the was the great benefit of um, in the states anyway of like the Ozfest and the Mayhem Fest and some of those big festivals that used to tour yeah. would be you get a nice good smattering of different uh, different genres and you know you get a band like you guys in the middle of something like that and you're like wow I never would have I never would have guessed and, and yeah I mean that's how like Slipknot got huge right yeah. I mean that's I mean that's pretty awesome oh, that and making it. fun of uh, Fred Durst yeah that <laughs> <laughs> well there's that yeah <laughs> I didn't give that every time I didn't <laughs> give that band a try like that. <laughs> that one, I'm sorry, the three dollar bill, y'all. No, <laughs> but I think and a lot of this has got to come from a certain amount of confidence that you've got now. Like we do our thing, and we can do it. We don't need to impress anybody. You've got an audience. You've you've got uh, you know success. You know, and and you've worked hard for it, doing your thing, and haven't changed anything along the way. That's got to be nothing but confidence at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean that's. Well, that's one of the most important thing in a way. Is you, you you don't really have that confidence in the beginning. It's it's you know it you can believe in yourself. You know, fake it till you make it. But it, well, there, well, there's a lot of that too. To be honest, I mean, there is. But but um, well, but you have to believe in yourself. I mean, that 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 needs to be real. But the, the different type of confidence that that can all be built built by just making shit ton of records, you know, and touring your ass up for. At least ten years. I mean, I don't think you get that until you've done that, you know. And and especially the touring part, you know. That's like I think that's the most important thing um, when it comes to playing in a rock band. It's 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 just very essential to making new music and like you know just sort of like getting like kind of like getting that that level of confidence that you know you can actually. Uh, make better music because I mean you, the, the the more confident you are, you know, the less you kind of need to pretend in front of other people of like you know what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. uh, um, so yeah, I mean that that's that's you know essentially what it's all about, and and that's what we do. And we've been on the road for like 18 years now, almost nonstop, and I don't see any other way of doing it. And and to be honest, I'm actually glad that we were one of those bands who always loved touring, you know, that we, we definitely, we, we would do, you know, a year and a half to two years after every single album, you know, like no matter what, we do long tours, we hardly ever take any breaks. And now when you think about it, I mean, that's, nowadays, that's pretty much the only way for a band to make a living, because, you know, people do, people don't buy records. I'm not going to fucking start complaining about that, that right now. So don't worry about it. Let's not go there. All right. But it's just a fucking fact. Yeah. So, I mean, like, touring your ass off is basically the only way to make money. And and I'm glad that it's nothing new to us. It's you like say it, though. God damn it, I want a pool, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, of course. Who doesn't? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, well, that just means that you got to work harder. You know, you stay out, you stay out on the road. uh Twice as you know, it's twice as long as you did before, and you'll get that fucking pull. You know, I mean, how it's much that does that simple. affect your personal life? Well, zero, because I mean, like I said, I mean, I've been doing this since I was like a kid. Uh, we started touring when we were like eighteen and seventeen years old. So when you think about it, we basically grew up on the road, and we spent uh, our whole like adult lives on the road. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I got a girlfriend, and you know, it's it's you know, she she understands that. Uh, most most of the time I'll uh, I will be on the road, you know, and and you know, and that's cool. But I mean, it definitely has cost me a lot of relationships, and it's taken a lot of sacrifice. Um, but none of that really mattered because I knew that this is what I wanted to do, and this is what I need to do. And if I don't have this, I don't have shit. Yeah. So, um, 
So I think I need not only for the for the fact that I love music and I love touring, but I think I need to do this in order to like maintain any other kind of personal life. Because yeah. if if I didn't if I wasn't out here doing this, I I don't know where the fuck I'd be. Was there know? ever a moment where you it even occurred where you were like, oh, I don't know if I can Maybe do not. another one. Right now? <laughs> no, <really? laughs> I'm just kidding, dude. <laughs> this bad an interviewer is staring out at the, uh, out of the ocean right now. Uh, like, uh, this is one of those moments you figure we go, oh. Children vote him now in Royal Caribbean. Oh, exactly. Metal sucks ruined. That's it, dude. I am done. <laughs> no, honestly, I, I, can, I am proud to say that I never, never thought of quitting. Like, never. That's like, on, that's, that's awesome. honestly... And I don't, I don't see that coming unless something really, I don't know, something really bad happened to it. I don't know, but I mean, like, as far as, like, COB staying out on the road, um, I think we'll be doing that for a very long time, for sure.
Children of Bodom from their new album, I Worship Chaos. They were awesome on the ship, dude. They really were. Uh, they, they had some what tech they had some tech problems at their original, uh, their first performance, but blew it away on the pool deck, man. They really did. So, uh, yeah, one of those that they look right with the wind blowing in their face, like Alexi and his hair going <laughs> back, you know. I mean, Alexi is the best looking guy on the entire ship. I mean, I don't yeah. know if he knows that or not. It's just... Yes, uh, I've come to terms with that. I thought I was, but <laughs> no, I wasn't even close. Those those Greek dudes like have the look, man. <laughs> they got the curly hair and the dark beards and shit. Yeah, oh, damn Greeks. Oh, like the oh yeah. The, you're talking about uh, the Rodden Christ. Oh, yeah. dude, yeah, hell yeah. Those guys, yeah. man. They were like, okay, I fear, yeah. I fear yeah, their you. Basis looks like he's a, he's like a standby for Amon Amarth or. Uh, uh, no, he's who Amon Amarth uh, is fighting against. They're the they're they're yeah, the raiders exactly. from the north, and he's coming from the south. You know, like that's yeah. that's the ancient battle that happens. You know, so yeah, no, awesome stuff, man. But we had a great time on this cruise, dude. It was a, another great year and a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah, I got a super thanks to all of the seventy thousand crew because they they really treat us well, and it's super awesome. It feels great being on there, and uh, you know we have a great time, and a lot of that is thanks to to those guys, and 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 just yeah, it, we just feel so respected and so. Um, uh, cared for when we're on the ship. It's yeah, awesome. I mean, whether it's Skip or Andy or the press crew with uh, with Mike and Fiona and Allison and Chris and all those guys, man. I mean, like, it's a lot of a lot of good people doing a lot of good work because it's I don't I don't envy a single one of them uh, because when they're having a battle on that ship trying to get all those bands and press people and everybody put together with no ability to text anybody that is like it's like you're taking you back to the 1970s man there's no way to get a hold of anybody i mean what an amazing amount of responsibility they got just the fact that the damn boat docked in jamaica and all the musicians some of them in an ambulance eventually got back on the ship is truly amazing you know oh god yeah <laughs> who was it? it was dragon force right and it was no it yeah. was yeah it was the lead singer from dragon, yeah, force. dragon force i was like yeah he had to go to the hospital that was an interesting <laughs> yeah we interviewed herman before that happened yeah. <laughs> so otherwise we would have totally got the story on that uh oh man but no thanks to those guys because um yeah without them that thing would not get pulled off and the entire crew i mean the security guys the staff the, the uh, dude they're amazing i uh, really un- oh, yeah, i was watching during the dragon force performance they had all these people who were doing the the crowd surfing thing and there's like this one security guy among the fl- four or five who's just a little bit taller than all the others so he's able to 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 grab people and the dude got yeah, but he was getting kicked in the face. Yeah. He got his back smashed against the stage, the whole thing. And at the end of the show, people are thanking him and shaking his hand, and he's all smiles. You know, yeah. he's like, he's sore, he's hurt, but the whole time he never lost his temper. I was losing my temper for him. Right. You know, but <laughs> he just, it, yeah, just everybody knows what they're in for, you know, when they get on this cruise. And that is from audience as well as musician, as well as. Uh, the crew and the and and people like security they they just do an amazing job 
So if you want a little more content from 70,000 Tons of Metal Sucks podcast, um, you join us at uh, ChuckandGodless.com. That's our Patreon account. If uh, you are a supporter, thank you to everybody who already is. We appreciate that. But we're also going to have a few extra interviews, uh, one with At The Gates, one with Insomnium. Uh, we even have a special little uh, episode that we did on the ship as well that's already up. You can check all that out if you uh, support us at Patreon. You can also support us on social media. On Twitter, I'm at Bearded Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks and Godless Speaks on facebook you can find us on instagram at chuck and godless as well as um you can sub- sub- subscribe to us if i can get the word out uh you can find us on itunes stitcher google play wherever you get your podcast make sure that you are subscribed to us leave us a couple of stars maybe a review tell us we suck we would appreciate that and of course you can find us every single monday at metalsucks.net so till next week i am chuck and i'm godless and this is another episode of the metal sucks podcast You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.